Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 122 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, Neely Brush of Death Clock, the Danny Elfman band, her solo material, a lot of two minutes to late night videos, and a lot more, tells us about her first band, and I recommend the progressive one-man band, Neil Howell. But before all that, Matt Halpern is on the show. Matt is the drummer of the band Periphery. He's on the show to talk about Periphery 5, Gent is Not a Genre, as well as Ice Plunging, Long Ass Songs, Writing New Albums Committee, The Humor of Periphery, and a lot more. Now before we get started with my chat with Matt Halpern, here is some of Wildfire from P5, which is out now on 3 Dot Records. How are you this fine morning? Uh, just getting my bearings about me here. Had to do some work this morning, and we are uh, starting rehearsals uh, as of yesterday for this tour that we start Friday. So it's a little crazy, but um, I wanted to make sure I got this one in. Is uh, is 10 a.m. early for you? What's your what's your morning like, I guess? Oh, no. I'm up. We're up by like 630 uh, with our, our kid. So... Typically, that's when the day starts, and then uh, after we drop him at daycare, it's just like, what else can we get done between then and whatever else is going on? And right now, with the band coming into town, there's just a lot to try to do before uh, before ten thirty my time. Yeah, I, when I uh, floated this time, or actually the time was floated to me, they were like, "Can you do seven? Because I'm on the West Coast, and uh, yeah. I was yeah, I'm up, I'm up since five because my cats insist that's morning. That's when food is. So here right we are. On. Alrighty, so well. Relatively easy then for you. Absolutely. Good. And glad to know I'm not disturbing anything on your end. Um, so no. uh, you mentioned that you've got the rehearsals coming up. This is for the Under Oath tour? Or is that the one starting already? Yes. Yeah, it starts on Friday. Wow. How, uh, how's the set coming together? Because uh, with a new album coming out, I imagine it's exciting to play some new stuff coming coming up for it. Yeah, it's good. We um, did a lot of like maintenance work yesterday to try to get get the set arranged properly and all the interludes and all that stuff. So today will be the official run through day where we we run through it for the first time where uh i guess you could call us procrastinators in this way when it comes to touring but um it'll be good it's a good set we think it's going to be um a nice kind of variety of tunes for the under oath audience and it's definitely stuff that we're excited to play we're playing all three of the new singles that we've put out thus far so it should be good and with the new album like a lot of the the songs are just very long like how is a how's catering a set to include really lengthy things and then you know the stuff that'll make people interested in the old material or even like care about that yeah no i mean we we chose you know we're picking obviously the ones that we've released so they are definitely not short songs but they're not the longest ones on the record which is good um and we won't have like the extended interludes that are on the tail ends of those tracks. So that cuts it down a little bit, but we, we started with those and then we kind of filled in the space around it based on the allotted time that we have for the tour. So um, it's always a bit of a, of a kind of juggling game to try to figure out like which ones we're going to, which songs we're going to play and from which album and which really for the guitar players, which guitars they're going to bring sixes, sevens or eight strings. Um, and then we kind of like take all that information and we decide from there. 
I mean, you must feel great because you just bring the, the drums in your set. You don't have to worry about too much. Yep, exactly. It's great. Yeah, I don't have to worry about it <laughs> as long as I know the material. Uh, now, this uh, really the first question about the new album might be kind of obvious to the, just to, you know, make cool stuff and put cool ideas together and make some cool music. But with each record, do you guys set any sort of musical goals that you set out to achieve and any sort of like genre pastiche or a song that's this or that kind of vibe or what were your goals for P5? Uh, you know, we I don't think we actually look at it that way. Um I don't know if we've, if we, I don't think we have conversations necessarily where it's like, Hey, let's write a song that's in this style or this feel or this or that. Um, it's more so, Hey, here's all of the ideas that we have. What's everybody vibing off of? What are we not vibing off of? It's usually something that has to be pretty unanimous in terms of everyone's interest in developing the songs and arranging them to like a, you know, a full finished product. Um, but I think, you know, with this record, I don't know if if I've, I may have said this in, in other interviews before, but I think it's important to note. It's like we pretty much had a whole other album written and we all kind of came together and decided that we didn't think that the songs or at least the arrangements that we had at the time were really what we wanted them to be. Um, we didn't all agree that it was the best work that we could do. So we kind of scrapped a lot of it kept a couple things and then we decided to start fresh and then we our, our focus to answer your question was really on how can we write music that is the most honest representation of where we are as individuals and as a band right now and we kind of held ourselves to that that um set of values i guess and like that that set of rules and that's what we did so we you know it's funny because we we like we grilled each other a lot with this record, like specifically with Spencer, you know, we would ask him questions about the lyrical content. Well, why, why are you using this word or, or what is this supposed to mean? And how does this relate to, um, you know, your life right now? And, and if there was a real meaningful answer to those things, then it was the kind of thing that we would say, hell yeah, let's keep it. And we all kind of had to answer questions that way. Like, why are we, why are we choosing this part? For me, it was, why is it this groove? Why is it this fill? Why does it, you know, wh why this feel? Um, and we all worked together pretty much on every aspect of the record to, to make sure that we held each other sort of, you know, accountable and honest as far as where we are in our lives. And, and again, as a band, so hopefully that answers that question. Have you guys ever analyzed everything that you've done this deep? Like have, cause the why of creating music is never something that's really crossed my mind being a bass player. It's just, you know, it feels right, but. Sure. How has just been the why of a of a drum fill been? Uh, it was more, yeah. I mean, we, so we have done it before, but never really to this full extent because because of the experience that we had in like kind of scrapping a bunch of music, we really didn't want to have to go through that again. So we we kind of made sure that we took our time and made sure that we all were in love with all the parts that that we were going to eventually lay down as the final. Um, and yeah, I mean, even coming down to like a drum fill or a groove, it's like, is this the best groove for this section? And is this the best fill that leads from section A to section B? And should it be something different? Is there another style of fill that we could do or a different feel of a fill that we could do that would help dovetail it together better? So it was questions like that, okay. um, when it came to all of us, you know, arrangement wise, I would say. And then, um, 
you, you mentioned that the, uh, you scrapped an entire, well, it seems, seems like an entire album's worth of stuff. Is all that stuff off limits at this point? Is it just like, that wasn't good enough for this round, don't bother coming back to it? Or do you think maybe down the road that that's like a well that you could tap into? Yeah, I think down the down the road, it's we can definitely revisit those ideas. We just hadn't, we didn't really want to spend our time with the songs that we at that moment weren't necessarily feeling as connected to and it was sort of the inclination to to kind of go and let's let's write new stuff completely um but you know nothing that we write that we don't use for an album is ever off the table a lot of times we do go back and even if we don't use like the full idea or the full song we might pull one riff um or one section that ends up being like the thing that sparks a whole new song altogether um so yeah i'm sure that when the time comes for us to sit down and and write the next one that we will do kind of what we always do which is like revisit ideas and you know send out suggestions of like hey what about this riff what about this demo what about this is there anything we want to do here how are we feeling about it now and you know funny enough uh spencer sent over um some new ideas vocal ideas for one of the songs that we decided to scrap already like it was in the past couple weeks he was like yeah i pulled this up and i was I was at home and I figured I'd mess around and I actually came up with something that I really like. So, you know, even when we're not writing an album, the guys are definitely still thinking about music um, that could be uh, suitable, you know, even if it is an old idea that didn't work before timing and what's going on in, in life or just the, the, when the mood strikes can, can make all the difference. Do you guys have like a massive well of riffs and music like, I don't know, Prince or somebody did? Or is it just like and another album's worth in a bank we have like <laughs> our dropbox is insane <laughs> put it that way we have tons of riffs some songs that are more fleshed out than others and and partially arranged or maybe they have a full arrangement but it's just not the right one um and then there's like you know 30 second clips here and there or 45 second clips or you know any variation of that any amount that is um you know, available to us to kind of go back and listen to and then use from there and expand on. Uh, I'd like to ask about the the album title, of course, because it's going to be probably a topic of conversation for, for sure. a long time. Uh, it seems pointed at lazy music journalists. Uh, would you say this is an accurate uh, summation of the title in that gent is not a genre? Um, you know what? I never thought about it that way. I don't. So, no, I don't I don't think we actually talked about lazy music journalists. Um, <laughs> Maybe we would have done that if it was like, you know, like the title would have been like, here, type up all of the answers to these questions and send it to us so we could publish it. You know, like, I don't know how you put that into words, but no. Uh, and I'm kidding, by the way. It's all, it's, all, uh, it's all good. But I'm sure you've heard of bands getting, you know, inter like requests for interviews and then they basically get a full questionnaire that's like, you need to respond with a dissertation um, that takes hours to, to respond to and you got to type it all up. And it's kind of like, hey, man, I'm just... You know, I'm here to answer questions, but I didn't want to write a book report. Sure. Um, anyway, that being said, no, the album is not about that. Um, or the title, rather, is not about that. I think it was just, it was out of all the tongue-in-cheek fun album names that we came up with, it was the one that made the most sense that we thought that our fans would have a good time with. Um, you know, I'm sure there are some people that find it polarizing and maybe take it to that extreme side where it's like offensive in a way which i can't imagine it would be but for us it's just us having fun we put out a shirt a bunch of maybe a year or two ago i can't remember exactly what it was um but we put out a shirt that had the same moniker on it jet is not a genre 
and people seem to really like it. And we thought, you know what, like, this is a great name for the record. Obviously there's tons of, of riffs on this album that would be considered gent by our fan base. Um, let's start this conversation and debate and see how many people actually, you know, get fired up about this and want to talk about whether it is or it isn't. Cause really we never came up with the name gent for what our music is. It was, it was the fans that came up with that name and kind of labeled it that way. And it, and it's not just us. I mean, there's a lot of bands that fall into that, that musical genre now, so to speak. So, um, we just kind of wanted to make a statement that was very tongue in cheek and, and almost like trollish just to, to get the conversation going and raise some eyebrows. And that's really it. I don't think any of us are uh, staunchly uh, f- like have our feet in the, in the ground about whether it is or it isn't a genre. We don't care that much. It was just kind of a fun name. Uh, this podcast is kind of like my side piece compared to my main music writing stuff, which is writing for Metal Injection. I do their uh, weekly new album roundups. Oh, cool. And, uh, you know, in it, you're supposed to just like sum up the genre of an album. And I've already got in my head this one. I'm not going to put Gent when it drops. So <laughs> cool. if, if I want to do it. Come up with a new name. Of you course. Know, like come up with something completely different that no one's ever heard. And I'm sure it'll work. That'll be good. Since I got your okay, I'll go ahead and do that and see what the comments look like. Yeah, um, go for it. Yeah, my yeah, my blessing. a little bit of everything is fine by periphery from the new album periphery five gent is not a genre i'll have more with matt in just a moment but first this is my first band every musician has to start somewhere in this episode neely brush of the danny elfman band death clock neely brush band cirque du soleil michael jackson show and a lot more tell us about her musical origins <laughs> my first band was called Neely Brush Band, and it sounded like the stuff that ended up on my first album. <laughs> Fantastic. Starting in the yeah. spotlight. Well done. Oh, so I mean, it sounds like the douchiest answer ever, but you know what? I think honestly, the way I felt about it in high school was like, no one, like I wasn't cool enough for anybody to want to play with me. And like everybody in, you know, in the neighborhood was just kind of like, oh, you, I'm not a shredder, you know, like we like to play other kids. Like it was just like, I think I just wasn't cool enough to be in a high school band with a funny name or whatever. Oh. But 
anyway, it is what it is. <laughs>
I don't know if serious is the word, but like we, we love to perform. We take it seriously. Of course, there's jokes on stage. If you look at Mark and Misha, they're always running around like chasing each other and high-fiving and doing funny stuff. And, you know, there's always the banter, so to speak, that you can see, but the music is heavy. It's aggressive. Um, the parts that need to be heavy, we try to emulate what the music should look like as far as how it's performed. So there's a lot of more quote unquote serious parts, I think, you know, in, in, in that mix, but I don't know. I like none of our friends take us seriously uh, in terms of like our, our jokes and whatnot. But again, I think the music speaks for itself and that we put a lot of time and a lot of effort and it is a very serious endeavor for us to write an album, to perform, setting up the tours, you know, working with our team. Like there's a lot of quote unquote serious business with what we do. So um, I hope that people know that there's a, a nice balance there, but in, in the public eye or like, as far as being taken seriously, we never really considered too much of that just because it's, it's kind of like, yeah, this is who we are. This is our music. Our music might be heavy and, and kind of aggressive sometimes, but we're also goofballs. So take it or leave it. The, the only time I've had the chance to see you guys was a million years ago at a summer slaughter tour, which was maybe the wildest bill that they've ever had. Cause I think it was, y'all and then you know revocation was also on that bill and uh, norma jean and stuff um yeah and, i remember and, that and that was like the my introduction to you guys like oh these guys are are kind of standing out in this and it's working out for them but this is still like a very painful pit so to anybody listening definitely see periphery live um yeah because you mentioned just the live translation of the music and yeah, it's really hard. Um, yeah, thanks, man. Uh, if I can go back to something from a, a while back as well. Um, one thing always fascinating about the band is the Clear EP, where you all drove a song creatively. Um, how did this approach to songwriting change how you guys wrote songs going forward? Because like, I, I I feel like having to do your each your own thing and then present it to everybody and it kind of being the what the song is going to be had to have some sort of impact on how you guys communicated. Yeah, I, I, I guess the only thing it really showed was that everybody does have some sensibility for songwriting in a way where not everybody was as active on their own in the group setting, maybe previously as much, I guess. Like we've all always had the ability to contribute, but when it came time to do the Clear EP, it was like, okay, we have to each do our own thing. So um, we really each had to step up and like kind of be assertive in what we were looking for. And if anything, it just allowed, or, or I would say it, it, it opened up the door for all of us to have that assertiveness with each other when it came to writing as a band on the next thing. Um, we kind of each earned our right to do that. And I would say now more than ever, on this previous record, like that's a great example of kind of what I was talking about before, where we all were able to contribute to every single part. Um, and everybody was very open to it. And I guess the, the only nuanced difference there is in the past, people may have been a little bit more guarded about some of the things that they were writing, whether it was somebody writing a, a guitar part and they didn't necessarily love the criticism about it or me writing a drum part and, and not wanting to be told by someone who doesn't play drums you know, what that part should be. But again, I think if you look at the exercise or if you look at clear as like an exercise, everybody had, you know, 
I guess it was the starting point for people to prove that they each had their own sensibility and therefore should be allowed and encouraged to contribute to every part. And even if it's not the best idea, maybe them just saying, Hey, like, Hey Matt, like this drum part for something about it, there's something about it that I'm just not feeling. Maybe we can try going in this direction. And then that just sparks an idea for me. And we're all open to those kinds of things now. So, you know, I don't know if that came from clear, but it's a possibility and it certainly helped to sort of open those doors, I guess, to a degree, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Uh, if I may change gears completely for a moment, um, what first got you interested in cold plunging? Cause hmm. I, I've sort of heard of it, but it's uh, a lot of your Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got into it just because I was looking for something to help quell my anxiety at the time. Um, it was sort of around the pandemic and I was looking for like very holistic health conscious ways to, um, to manage my own anxieties about what was going on with the world and the uncertainty of things. And I got into, um, uh, breath work and cold plunging through the Wim Hof method which I don't know if you're familiar who Wim Hof is, but he's known as the Iceman and he's developed sort of a breathing protocol that people use to, uh, for a lot of different reasons, but anxiety is a big reason. Um, and then he also incorporates that breath work with cold exposure. So I got into it by doing his 10 week course um, that I did during the time of the pandemic at home. I followed the course to a T, started with cold showers and breath work and then moved from being able to take a 30 second cold shower, eventually to be able to take a 20 or a, um, a 10 minute cold shower with no warm water at all. And then the next step from there is cold water immersion and so on and so forth. And I, I got really into it. I, I, I found that it helped me a lot from, you know, from, I, I guess, experiencing the same levels of anxiety because I, what it does is it, it sort of shocks you into the present and forces you to deal with the present moment of being immersed in cold, as opposed to thinking about all the other things that could be on your mind that aren't actually happening or that aren't real threats or aren't real, uh, you know, imminent fears. And it became something I started to publicly post about and share because I know a lot of people that, that, uh, I guess all of us who experienced the pandemic, were going through a lot of uncertainty and I thought, Hey, this helped me. Maybe this will help other people. Um, and I got a lot of responses and a lot of questions about it. And it became something that I guess, like given the question you asked me that I'm sort of known for as well. Um, and yeah, so now all these years later, I still cold plunge. Um, I still do it quite often. I actually am a official coach for the company ice barrel where, uh, I can actually like coach experiences where I can help other people get into the cold plunges and and experience it for the first time and help them learn how to breathe through it help them kind of set their uh intentions and their mind to doing it and so far it's been a really rewarding and gratifying experience in that pretty much everybody who i've worked with has found it to be enjoyable and helpful and there's quite a few people who have really taken to it and do it like weekly if not daily now at this point so um definitely you know, it, it was worth doing for myself, but even more worth it that I've now found a way that I can assist and help others who may, you know, need it for various reasons. So that's that's kind of the the spiel about the the ice barrel and the ice plunges. Very cool. Um, 
your your bio also says that you're a fan of saunas. Are you just not a fan of temperate climates? Uh, you know, I prefer the extremes, Sure. <laughs> to be honest. But no, uh, yeah, I, you know, the sauna is a great compliment to all this. And again, going back to the time of the pandemic, um, you know, there was a lot of research that was happening around that time about cold and heat. And a lot of that research is really coming to light now, like the results of that research are coming to light now. And, um, you know, there's a lot of proven benefits to deliberate uh, heat exposure and a lot of proven be uh, benefits now to deliberate cold exposure. And when you combine the two um, in the proper sort of cadence, then you can get both of those benefits and they work really nicely together um, depending on how you do it and, and kind of what you feel comfortable with. So yeah, I love being exposed to extreme heat. I love being exposed to extreme cold. Um, but every now and then I also like being comfortable at room temperature. Sure. So. All right, dude. Well, thank you for being on the show. The new record's a lot of fun and you know, the tour is about to kick off. It's sure it's gonna be a great time. Um, but yeah, thank you for talking to me. Have a good rest of your day and uh, you know, crush it at rehearsals and whatnot. Yeah, I really appreciate it, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. All right, you've got one. All right. Have a great one. Must I lay here as a product of the world I never leave? I can see my life is crashing down, it's been a while. My mind is racing for a million miles. The machine is turning me.
Periphery 5, Gent is not a genre, tribute to Alex Trebek there, is out now via 3.records. You can head to periphery.net to pick up your copy, as well as check out the band's tour dates, and then follow Matt on Instagram at Matt Periphery. There you can see his ice plunges, sauna stuff, his cute-ass dog, and a lot more. Now to close this episode, I am recommending Neil Howell. Neil Howell is a one-man progressive rock and metal artist from Missouri. On April 14th, he will be releasing his new album, The Wasteland. The album I've had a chance to listen to, I don't think you can hear any of it anywhere else. I feel pretty special. It covers the prog metal, prog rock gamut. Uh, at moments sound like Opeth, some sound like Devin Townsend, some sound like Haken, some sound like Porcupine Tree. This dude is all over the place in the best way. Um, the record is for fans of all those bands I mentioned, and of course, you know, Neil's stuff as a whole. Now, as a taste of that record, The Wasteland, which he's releasing himself on April 14th, here is Falling Towers in its entirety.
The Wasteland by Neil Howe will be out on April 14th independently. You should be able to find the album soon over at neilhowell.bandcamp.com, but if it's not up there yet, you can track down his previous material, listen to that, it's just as great, and then look for The Wasteland soon. That will do for this episode, so as always, I'd like to invite you to head over to farbandmetalpodcast.com. There, if you're in a band, you can hit me up to be on the program. That is exactly what Neil Howell did. There is a talk to me section. If you want to talk to me, get your band on here, talk to me about Prince, comment on the show, all that good stuff. That's where to go. Also, you can find social media... Instagram links, links to friends stuff, store, etc. Then, as always, the theme song is Far Beyond Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from the album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.